Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, how's it going out there, ladies and gentlemen? Another NASCAR show coming your way today. And it was a busy weekend for us, so maybe we focus less on the race itself and a little more on the playoff standings and, and how this last race could affect things. Um, the only one that really watched the whole race at the table was Chris. So, Chris, I guess uh, when we talk about the race, you'll go a little more in depth. Uh, I was at a college football game, and, and Amos, you were... What, getting a truck or something? Yeah, I was being defeated by technology, Ty. Oh, being defeated by... T- <laughs> that's right. Your Wi-Fi was... I couldn't uh, watch the he, college football game, the race, or pretty much anything he else. He was so defeated by it that he was even asking me for help. Wow. That tells you how bad off he was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Must be pretty bad then, Amos. Jeez. Well, I needed his password and oh. username for Dish. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I mean, I just needed his help. Ah, okay. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> I willingly gave it. By the way, this race was how do we describe it uh, in a word, Chris? Uh, Your one word description. My one word description would be intriguing. Intriguing. Okay, what made it intriguing? Uh, well, the final. Well, really, the whole race. I would say the dominant cars in this race were far and away the Joe Gibbs racing cars. Yeah, they Did had that a one. Surprise two, you? They had a one, two, three finish. No, Excellent. not really. It didn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch led a lot of laps, took himself out of the contention for the win by once again pulling a boneheaded stunt on pit road, uh, speeding. Really, it came down in the final laps just who was going to win, yeah. Hamlin, Truex, or Christopher Bell. And really, Bell was in the competition to win. Bell, uh, he's been in that position a couple times, though, where he's around... That area, you know, but but never really uh, finds the win and unless NASCAR gives it to him, as Amos likes to say. Uh, but no, I think I think that this was interesting. I mean, I don't watch the race; I watch the highlights and and obviously saw the recap of stuff. Um, but I think this race is interesting for two guys mainly: Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex. Because Amos, last week you said that you didn't think Denny Hamlin could do it two weeks in a row. Well, he goes out there, leads 197 laps, and uh, performs really well. Yeah, I didn't think he, I figured he'd uh, <clears throat> kind of tail off a little bit. Yeah, kudos to him. Maybe they figured something out, and I'd hate to say they were sandbagging all through the regular season, but <laughs> you know we are coming back to some tracks that we raced at earlier in the year, so that's going to benefit everybody in the chase for the most part, and especially these experienced guys who have been in the chase for multiple years. So, yes, I didn't think he would win, but. I mean, you're not knocking me over with a feather saying that he finished second and yeah. led a bunch of laps. No, that's okay. That's fair. Um, and then the other guy being Martin Truex, like I said, uh, because, well, I just want to be self-serving for a minute. But uh, I said Martin Truex, once the playoffs started, would come back into his form. And I think we've seen him do that pretty well over the last two races. He's first and fourth and has been in both the races so far. And, you know, I feel good about my prediction. Uh, but, Chris, you were very much on the other side of that fence. You thought Truex would continue to struggle. So, surprised, I guess, that he's been able to find his form again? I'm sort of a JGR fan, but I'm sitting back and I'm watching the results of these last two races and where guys finished in that. Yep. And I'm thinking, where was the speed at through the previous 26 races? 
Because I, they I did know. they did have wins early in the year, and then they all seemed like they all tapered off kind of simultaneously. Denny Hamlin was probably the stoutest of the bunch because he was consistently staying in the top ten, if not the top five. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I just kind of sat back and wondered, where was all this speed at? you know, a month ago, two months ago. Well, and it seemed like once the other three guys fell off, Kyle Busch really started to perform the best. Yeah. At, like, the best part of his season was when well, his he teammates was not, were struggling. Well, he was an so. absolute thorn in Hendrick's side for the final ten races, maybe? Would you say that many? Well, it's funny. We, we've been talking a lot about, like, okay, it's going to be Kyle Larson, two other Hendrick cars, and maybe Kyle Busch. Like, like that's what we were saying a couple months ago, right, with, with kind of the lead-up to the playoffs and stuff. But now we find two Hendrick cars in the bottom four, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But <laughs> it's got to be pretty surprising to a lot of people out there that the standings are kind of shaping up the way they are. Uh, I don't know. Is, it, is anyone surprised by the standings up to this point? Cause I never in my wildest dreams saw William Byron or Alec Bowman in the first four eliminated. Well, you thought you were so high on Bowman entering, not Bowman, Byron, Byron entering yeah. the playoffs, right? Yeah. You were like, oh, he's going to be a top four guy. He's going to lock up a spot. and yeah. And I mean, he's had tough luck, sure, but man, I mean, it's, it's not been good. Maybe all the good luck he had through the season finally come back to haunt him or something. But oh, there, is he okay over? There? Yeah, no, I'm good. Tip me over with a feather that William Byron is in the f- possibly first four out. I sure, will not I seen that coming. I'm with Chris, hundred percent. Man, the guy run great all season. Obviously, he's had some bad luck. You could kind of see. He was having some bad luck the last three or four races before the chase. I was kind of hoping he exercised all them demons before we got into the chase, but they're still kind of following. Now, Bowman, I'm not so much surprised. I mean, I didn't pick him. None of us did to be in the first four out. But let's be honest, the dude's records are checkers. He's kind of come out of nowhere for a couple of his race wins. A couple? And <clears throat> he's, literally, he's literally led like the last – five, six, ten laps of races in yeah. one race. Yeah, he's led 25 yeah. laps and had three wins. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, you got to capitalize on other people's mistakes. But sure, sure. I, I'm not really horribly surprised that he's in the first four out. I was thinking he'd be – I mean, my next set of picks had him going out in the round of 12. But uh, It's funny. We talked about him being a dark horse too, though. Well, you I mean, talked about him being a dark horse. I've never okay. Like, that's that's in fair. My I did. Opinion, I did. Since Bowman start when Bowman was subbing for Junior, them last few races before Junior retired, I was like, dude, this guy's either wrecker or checker. Like, there's just no in between with him. Well, and and I think that'll that's come what with time. Could have made him a dark horse, right? Sure. Like he could have gotten these playoffs, rattled off a win every stage, and then found himself in Phoenix with a looking at a, a chance to win the whole thing. So yeah. And, I mean, he could still pull one out at Bristol. I figured that his – I mean, obviously, I picked him to win this race. So, um, I think his best chance to get a win and move on into the next round was Richmond. But, uh, yeah. you know, he may do well at Bristol. We don't know. I yep. mean, who would have predicted Kurt Busch would be in the first four possibly out? And then who's seen Kyle Busch have to fight his way from the first four back into just the top 12 and still kind of – Right. He's still gonna have a good race. So a lot of this has to do with wrecking, though. I mean, Kurt Busch loses it. I mean, he pretty much lost the whole wheel, right, uh, Chris? Like <laughs> that thing just flew off his car. Oh, it, so that was uh, nice. I just about died when that car when that happened. Yeah. And then I saw that tire because it was just the tire. It wasn't the wheel. Oh, just the tire. Okay. Yeah, I saw it rolling down the track, and then Bubba Wallace. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, you know, nobody's gonna hit this. We're gonna be in good shape. 
And then Bubba Wallace stuffs it right under the front of his car. Yeah. It's like, holy crap, man. <laughs> Couldn't you see that thing? Because I could. <laughs> Wallace is like, bet, and then just runs it over. No, I, yeah. uh, I, it's I not just, surprising, though. <laughs> uh, so do we think that this, And I want to yeah. say something about Kurt Busch. That was a hard crash. It was. I mean, yeah. he pancaked the driver's side of that thing right into the safer barrier, and I, ju- I just thought, oh, this may not be good. This may not be a good yeah, Good I look. agree. And then he just got out of the car and was like, hey, no big deal. Well, safety you know? in those things, man. I mean, yeah, I'm telling you. We've talked about it a couple times. If he'd season, been in but... the car tomorrow or today or whatever, the new car they're calling it, it had probably killed him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, they had all the crash dummies die in them. So, oh. you know, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> See what you're saying there. Okay. Well, let's talk about a couple of results of the races and let's go through some standing things and, and then we'll, we'll kind of see where we go here. So, we already talked a little bit about Martin Truex winning the race, but we didn't really say, like, uh, what does this win do for him? I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about how some of us thought he'd do well. Some of us didn't think he'd do well. Uh, but, Amos, what does this win do for Martin Truex moving forward? This win, I believe his performance on last Saturday just kind of goes back to what I've been saying about Martin Truex all season. He got off to a fast start, cranked out two or three wins, led some laps, and then I think his team just kind of went into experimentation mode Yep, and just kind of started looking for things that were going to help him when they come back to these tracks in the chase. And he still had good runs in the first 26 races. There's no doubt about it. I think this win is huge for him and mostly in just confidence to say, hey, look, I do belong at JGR. I am one of the best drivers in NASCAR. I do have a cup championship under my belt. It is a valid cup I did championship. I just didn't waltz into this, yep. and I am here. Watch for me in the final four. So um, I think it's good. I think it's great. It's good to see, and, uh, you know, we'll just see how things go from here on out. So, uh, Chris, in your opinion, which win was bigger, the Danny Hamlin win or the Martin Truex? Like, for those guys as individuals, which one was bigger? I think the Denny Hamlin win was bigger. Yeah. Just because he had struggled so much for 26 races and actually ended up losing the season point leadership, you know. I He think, had it like all season too, though, yeah, right? Yeah, and I think he, you know, that win was the statement of, yeah, I'm for real and I'm here. And Well, maybe when he lost that season championship, regular season championship, he was like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> I'm not, mm. like, I'm going to start racing again because. I, I do think Joe Gibbs has found something in their cars, though, because they've had two Two consecutive races where they've been very, had very good performances. Well, JGR cars led 80 laps, 197 laps, 10 laps, and 39 laps. So um, the only one that kind of breaks up the party there is Chase Elliott leading 58 laps in the race. So, real, like, really, they all led a lot of laps. and Probably better get that miss checked out, Ty. <laughs> so what happened to Elliott? He had an issue on pit road again. Jeez. Yeah, he... Uh, well, I think he thought he overdrove it into yeah. his box, and he started to back up like while he was on the jack. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. So, well, it, it was it was another guy, mis- it was another pit road miscommunication. That guy and pit road just do not get along but at all. He, I no. mean, he led sixty laps, so it was yeah. like like in the first stage. Yeah, and then obviously he had a decent enough then, car to and come then back. When it happened, I think it was right around the middle of the second stage when it happened. 
and it was basically just fight your way back into the top five for the whole rest of the race. Well, so this, this is, is com- a, this is completely yeah, sorry. sorry, completely off topic. But I remember one race, Dale Jr. had him covered, like he was smoking everybody out to a big lead, cut a tire, or done something, lost the cylinder. I don't remember. Ended up going a lap down, raced back through, raced and got his lap back, come all the way back through the field, and then finished second. <laughs> so like he passed every car four or five times to get back up there. So, I mean, it just kind of shows that Richmond, if you do have some bad luck and you got a good car and you keep racing, you can come back and still yeah. be competitive at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of junior, though, I mean, they just, you just made me think about that. Did you see his little altercation with, I think it was like Josh Williams or something in Xfinity? Did you see that, Chris? I did see that. Uh, I, well, I one completely of the spaced drivers. it that the Xfinity race was on Friday night and the NASCAR race was on Saturday night, and I just yep. sat down. Yep. I got back from a mountain bike race up on the mountain. I sat down to kind of get, you know, collect myself. Yeah. And I was just flipping through the channels. I went, whoa, the race is on. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot it. Like, I was so, at the game. I totally forgot about it. Uh, no. So, one of the Xfinity drivers got really mad at Junior because he was racing the Xfinity race. He's like, I don't give a bleep if he's a legend. <laughs> He needs to get off my ass. <laughs> oh, he and I'm was, like, well, maybe you should get out of the road, bro. <laughs> so what I heard on NASCAR radio was he was just flat wearing that kid out. Yeah, you probably. Know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't go down well. Well, I guess that's why he's in the Xfinity series, because, like, isn't that what they are supposed to do? Wear a guy out and then pass him? Yep. Yeah. Anyways, oh, um, awesome. no, back to Chase Taylor. I think that's just a theme that we've seen with him, right? He'll have really good races. Uh, he'll have a problem, self-imposed or not, or something will go wrong for him. And then he falls to the back or, or falls mid-group, you know, has pit road issues, something messes up on his car. I mean, it's not just been this season. It was last season. It was the season before. Uh, when we went to the race in Vegas in, in 20, 2020, right? Uh, no, it was 2019. Yeah. yeah, 2020. He's leading that entire race, kicking everybody's trash. What, then like the last 40 laps or something, he blows a tire in turn one? Well, and, and it was because and of, it, was like, it was an incident on pit road. Yeah. His car, his car fell off the jack. He broke a valve stem, sails off into turn one, flat tire, wipes out yeah. himself. So yeah. it's like it's just a theme with this kid. And you almost feel like if he can get those themes out of his race, he's just gonna be dominant. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, oh, it kind of seems like yeah, in a lot of a handful of races for Chase Elliott but and his team this year. That is like the the name of the game, right? You kinda sure. gotta work through those things. So I agree. All right. Um let's talk about a couple other performances. We talked a little bit about Chase Elliott, so won't cover him much more. Uh, but Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, finishing fifth and sixth, another consistent performance from those two. I know we haven't talked about Logano like a lot because he's just he's kind of quiet. He just does his business. He, he hasn't won what well, he's only won one race, which was that Bristol Dirt race, and it's kind of hokey. But um, between him win, and baby. Larson, I just feel like they're really consistent. I know Larson is more consistent at winning than Logano. Uh, but, Chris, I mean, what do you think about the consistency of these two guys? Does that give them – obviously, it gives Larson an advantage because he wins. But does it give a Logano an advantage, too, to get that final four spot, maybe? Well, I, I think they're both playing the long game in the sense that, you know, they realize that, okay, I just got to stay in the top ten yep. through this next – well, really, the next race. I mean, the way it stands right now, Larson – Truex and Hamlin are advancing to the next round. Yeah. That's a done deal. I think that they – I think – and even Logano, I think they were driving for the long game. Basically, let's get to the next round. 
see how things go because I think there's some tracks in the next round that actually favor both of them more so than these three tracks do. And having said that, I mean, Larson came within a turn of beating Hamlin in the last race. <laughs> oh, he drove it all the way into the yeah, turn. Richmond. So, Logano, just to go to the standings real quick, you know, I don't, I don't want to do too much jumping back and forth, but we seem to find a lot of time for it on the show. Uh, Logano's 40 points above the cut line. Do we think that's pretty safe? I feel like that's for safe. For this round, yes, absolutely. Okay, I, so... We can, I mean, that's a race, basically. Yeah, probably. Like, as long as nothing goes as long as terribly he, like, wrong. As long as he doesn't finish last, he's pretty safe. Okay. And well, Bristol is a very good track for Logano. You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I think he's pretty good. <laughs> um, and I think we're all thinking the same thing. We'll come back to the standings, but I feel like everyone in the top four, obviously we got those two winners, but Larson, Logano, like those four guys, seem pretty safe to get to the next round. And I don't know if I would have said that would be your top four guys. I might have said two of them, but not all four of them. Heading into next uh, to the next cut. Uh, let's talk about a couple other guys. What's up with Ross Chastain, guys? He's just decided. He seems like the only guy that's decided that, yeah, I'm not in the playoffs, but I don't care. Like, does anyone else get that vibe? Like, he just is out there racing, well, trying I, to win. He's doing good, man. I think what he's basically doing now is trying to prove to Trackhouse that, yes, I deserve this car next year. Yeah. And I'm a very competitive driver, and I can do the job. Well, and I think he's, I think he's showing that to me because seventh this week, and like however you want to say, he got there. Um, but it's all about your finishing spot in the end. Well, he seventh a, this week, third last week. He had a solid race. That's you know, what. That's sets. an average of fifth. Yeah, seventh place. Two races. Race this week though was a solid race for him. Yep. I mean, he was competitive all night. He ran in the top ten virtually all night uh so yeah he really had a good race yeah it's all things considered (laughs) it's pretty surprising to see i mean i was talking about last week should have sold out earlier in the year (laughs) well that's what i was talking about like these ganassi guys are like you know what we're gonna go out on top so it's funny um you know harvick didn't get a win throughout the year and i know he struggled a lot and he found himself what 16th entering the playoffs but did anyone really think he was a 16th type of guy i mean you know he gets another top 10 but it's just because he wasn't getting those wins, and so many other guys had gotten wins in front of him well, that he was so low in the standings, really. I mean, here, Here's the problem with Harvick. You know, he's a really good driver, very yep. competitive driver. Yep. But you can't overcome bad data points in your car. Mm. And Stuart Haas has took him, what, 25 races, 24 races, to figure out that all their data points for their setups and everything was 180 degrees out of phase. <laughs> and so... Every car that they brought to the track this year has just been trashed when the day it rolled off the trailer. Actually, the day it rolled off of the setup table out of the shop, it was trashed because all their data points were wrong. Well, and only the only reason Harvick was able to get the results that he did is because he's Kevin Harvick, right? Yeah, like, exactly. We didn't get to see Amarillo get those results or Briscoe or you know definitely not Custer. And we no. wouldn't expect those last two guys to get the results, but... When you compare Amarola's performance and Harvick, sure, Amarola got a win, and he's above the cut line right now. I'll be surprised if it continues that way. Um, <laughs> sorry. But it's not like he's performed very well. Like, how many times, we can probably count on one hand between the four Stuart Haas cars, how many times they've put a good car on the track each week? Well, that yeah, I agree. Like, like Indianapolis yeah. with Chase Briscoe on the road course. If you want to say Amarola's car at New Hampshire was good, you can, or he got lucky. I don't care. 
And then I can't think of a lot of like really good cars Harvick has had besides the Daytona last Daytona race. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can count like three. That's all I can remember. And maybe we could think of more if we really sat down and thought about it. But Chris, what you say is correct. <laughs> they just have not gotten this thing right. So. Well, and and it's like I said, I, I really honestly I don't care how good of a driver you are, you can't overcome Mm-mm. a bad car to begin with. No. You know, there's. There's only so much you can fix during a race, mm-hmm. and you just can't you can't redesign that thing during a race. And right. without practice, see, that's my point. I think if they were practicing, a lot of this would have been found out a lot sooner. Yep. Because they would have been looking at it, saying, "Why is this car so trashy?" You know, and <laughs> I, I'm serious. You know, no, and, I totally agree. And then, I don't. And then, and, and then they could have gone about fixing it. You know. Yep man the way it is now and, and i don't know is bristol a non-practice race i haven't looked yeah i don't think any like i don't see any of them being practice races honestly because the only one that might have practice is the roval just because the kind the of that they've had. well and and i think just from Down the rumblings the, i'm hearing you know on nascar radio and that and what i'm reading i think this no practice qualifying race thing is going to become more of the norm than the exception which nope. I don't agree with it. Look, even if they had like a short a short qual uh, practice and qualifying session all on the same day, that'd be better than nothing. Yeah, I you know? I totally agree with you. I mean, it doesn't have to be a three or four day affair like no, it has no. been in the past. This no practice, go out there, run what you brung, set the field by points. I am not a big fan of it. I don't see any reason why we can't, especially with the new car. Like if the new car is supposedly supposed to make everything more competitive, having practice and qualify like having no practice, no qualifying, that's not fair at all. So I think uh, we've seen that you could practice Saturday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say uh, before the Xfinity race, maybe qualify Saturday morning too or afternoon before the Xfinity race, whatever, and then and then uh, race on Sunday, or you could qualify Sunday morning and have the race. You know, that's how Xfinity like, does it. They qualify in the morning and yeah, race in the afternoon. They should. I think you know if it was up to me. I'm not in charge of anything, which is probably a good thing. Um, but if it was up to me, I'd just do practice Saturday morning and let the teams go over all their stuff, you know, for the, for the Saturday day. Let the Xfinity race go on and then practice uh, practice uh, Saturday, qualifying and race on sat- uh, Sunday, and then, you know, you're fine. Yeah. I, like, I don't see why we would get rid of practice and qualifying. How can you have a legitimate racing type feel to nascar if there's no qualifying system like well they're gonna have to do some type of practice and qualifying with next year's new gen car they're just they just can't do it they just can't not they just can't keep going off of points no because if you're going off how it has been you're just going to keep burying certain guys back in the in the middle of the pack the end of the pack and that's just like amarola or ross chastain when he during the first part of the year like suarez yeah yeah. i mean if I'm a driver, I don't mind showing up Saturday morning, practice, qualify Sunday, race Sunday. That's fine. I get it. You're cutting costs, and you want to make it more family-oriented, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Cutting costs. But you're also, <laughs> you also know what you're getting into being a cup racer. So, it's your lifestyle, if, man, yeah, right? Like, it is what it is, right? So, I mean, but they'll figure if it out. you don't like it, just don't do the sport. I, I I'm not I don't do it so I I can't you know well, specifically is, say how it is but one could argue this back and lifestyle. forth but about IndyCar being a major auto racing 
you know, venue. Yeah. But they're still doing practice, and they're still doing qualifying. Yeah. Well, I, so... I, I don't they, understand why NASCAR has taken this attitude of, hey, you know, we're not going to do it. We're just like, not going to do it. F1 <laughs> is traveling all around the world. They're yeah. Doing it. And they're doing all three practice sessions and a qualifying session. You're there. And the race. You're there. You're, you are at the track. Yep. So let's see. The schedule for Bristol, right? So there is no... No practice, no qualifying. Yep. But to schedule, the haulers enter Saturday morning at ten thirty to ten to twelve thirty. So the cars are there Saturday yeah. morning. There's Why no can't reason. you not practice <laughs> just, Saturday afternoon? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. No, I totally agree. And I think we could talk about it a long time. And I mean, but I guess it is a change, Saturday but. race. So yeah, they're showing up at noon and racing. But they could still practice or qualify. Right. Get there, unload your car. If nothing practice, else, set the field by go. points, but let them get a lap or two of qualifying Something. or of practice. Yeah. yeah, you know. All right. Uh, so you know, just to kind of come back to Harvick, put a bow on that real quick. Since watching his performance these last two races, I've just decided that much that I like the playoff system that much more because you can have bad luck and get in the playoffs still, and you can still go far. Because right now he's in sixth in the standings. And I'm perfectly fine with a guy entering 16th and having a good two races, and then finding himself high in the standings. Like I don't, I like the idea that anyone within the 16 guys, with maybe the exception of Michael McDowell, can win this whole thing. Well, but you well, know that Kevin Harvick, the last four races leading to the chase, was telling his team, "Look, all we gotta do is get in the chase. Yep. Once we're in the chase, anything can happen." Yeah, and you know that's what Denny Hamlin what they were, were saying, saying too, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised where Harvick's at. I agree 100 percent with Chris. You know, I don't know if Harvick's going to make the final four just based on the fact of how his seasons went thus far. Well, you feel like if he's going to do that, he's got to get a win somewhere. He has to win. He can't just keep going based on points. He's got to get a win somewhere. Well, it he just, has to have uh, that confidence from something. If Larson's going to be as dominant and consistent as he is, and he's going to continue to have a points lead over everybody, Logano's going to have consistency and finish above Harvick in most cases. And then, you know, if Hamlin keeps kicking butt, then that means he's probably going to win races. And you got Truex, you got Bush, Elliott. Like, you got to win a race in there somewhere to guarantee your, your spot to yep. move forward. So last two guys to round out of the top ten are Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney. Does anyone want to say anything about those two? Or uh, do you want to kind of talk about some of the standings? I just want to say that Kyle Busch has got to stop beating himself. I Blaine love Kyle and... Busch. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Don't even give me that. He didn't <laughs> even play the music. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> stop beating himself, huh? So I'm a little nervous for Kyle Busch. It looks like he's starting to do what he was doing earlier in the year. You know, he had a good mid part of the season, got into the chase, racked up a couple wins. Now he's had a couple bad races. Starting to beat himself up, beat his team up. I just, I just hope that he hasn't wore out all his good luck. But we're going to Bristol. Yeah, but I just right now there's a lot of other guys that are running a little bit better and have been at Bristol than Kyle Busch. So I hope he's not just banking on walking in there and dominating and walking out with a win. So 14 wins between the Bush brothers at Bristol. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right uh, it affects who i'm gonna pick yeah anyways so uh anyone else that we want to talk let's let's talk about someone we haven't talked about yet chris let's start off with you someone we haven't talked about in this race that you want to bring up if anybody i mean we don't have to uh well i want to 
I want to make mention of the cave-in. I get. I don't know how to describe cave-in. <laughs> what has happened to Hendrick Motorsports? Oh, Kyle Larson's still stout. Chase Elliott's me kind of, but man, <laughs> well, I mean, he's he, killing himself. He he fought back to a fourth place finish. Yeah, okay, didn't need to because of the pit routine. Yeah. Kyle Larson, he just hung in there, you know, fifth and sixth all day long. Ran in second for a period of time. I mean, I just cannot for the life of me figure out what's going on with Alec Bowman and William Byron. I mean, it, it you know, it's just like. Wow, how did these guys go in the tank so quick, you know? All right, so you bring up Hendrick. Uh, what's some, what is someone or something we haven't talked about yet, Amos? You know, I don't, I've not really got a lot to say about that, I guess, because I didn't w- watch the race. I'm not jumping on Chris's bandwagon against Hendrick right now. Oh, I'm not we against have, him. Uh, You're I'm... always against Hendrick. Don't yeah. give me that. We, uh, Unless it's William I mean, Byron. fourth <laughs> and sixth, that's still pretty good. It wasn't one, two, three, I get it, but... <laughs> You know, Hendrick and JGR still filled up the top six, basically. So that's how it's been pretty much all season. So, Except Lagan. Um, yeah. I'm not concerned about Hendrick. We got some tracks coming up that's going to benefit them guys. Like I said, Alex Bowman, he is what he is as a racer. And I think Byron maybe just – he's just hitting a rough stretch. So I think it's too much for him to over- overcome, but it is what it is in He's got to have a win. But he's like, still yeah. – He's still so young is the thing, you know, like he has his best years ahead of him. So, All right, uh, so I know we talked about him a little bit, but not very much. Uh, Kurt Busch scored one point, so that's the only thing that I wanted to bring up. He scored one point, and that's why he finds himself now tied for 14th. So is he just checked out and at 23XI now or what? No, no sorry, tied for 12th. What did I say, 14th? Yeah, <laughs> he's tied for 12th. Yeah. I... I think Kurt Busch is trying his very hardest to to walk out of this season with a championship. I think because he's trying. That that was not. Yeah, it's it, just it makes all kinds of sense if you, you know, have your final hurrah, you know, with Chip Ganassi Racing. Yep. You walk out of there a champion, and you walk into twenty three XI and say, "Hey, look at me! I am the NASCAR champion." Yep. So you better get your act together and start building dealer better cars. Okay, let's talk about the standings. Amos, you want to no, say something? I, no, good. You're good? Okay, well, felt like you wanted to come back in. All right, let's talk about some of the standings then. Let's just start with 16th and work up through some of these guys. Uh, you know, we already talked about the top four, so I think we'll just work our way up to fifth. Um, Michael McDowell, is anyone surprised that he's in 16th? No. No. Okay. But I bet if you talk to him, he's just damn happy to be 16th. No, and I mean, he's the Daytona fine, 500 dude. champ, baby. Yeah. He is. He is still. He is still. Ha- I mean, happy look, as a clam. <laughs> I'm and, not trying to reality, slander him. Yeah, he's a top five away from advancing to the next round. Literally, Ooh, I don't know about top five. He's 38 points behind, man. Well, so, okay, a win. I'm not trying to slander him too much. All I'm simply saying is, you know, I think we all expected him to be 16th. The only one that didn't have him in 16th was Amos. You had him in 15th, so. <laughs> All right. You say um, tomatoes, I say tomatoes. We talked about William Byron being in 15th. Who thinks, by a, a vote, yay or nay, does William Byron dig himself out of this 15th place hole, Chris? He's only 18 points down. That's a lot of points, considering the fact that but, it's only one race. But if he could get back into his consistent top five finishes in Bristol, I think it's enough to dig him out. So you think a top five gets him out of this? I do. And he's got to have some luck. So 
he's got to have Kurt Busch struggle and Amarola potentially. Yeah. I, I think he's got to have some help in front of him too. AMSU shaking your head over there. Yeah, unfortunately, and I, I feel bad. I I would have said at least around eight. I would have. I, I had him as a top out. eight guy, yeah. So <clears throat> I just feel like the way they're running, every interview he's had for the last six races has been as he's come out of the infield care center. <laughs> you you cannot. Oh, man. You can have one mulligan. Yep. You can have, but you can't have, for lack of a better term, shitty races. Yep. And then end up coming into Bristol, Saturday night night race, and expect to rattle out a top five and move on. I think the hole has been dug. They're just waiting for the last few shovels to cover that hole. Yes, I will also agree with that. Um, the only way Byron moves on, in my opinion, is if he wins this race. And, you know, we didn't make our picks yet, but I'm not going to pick him to win this <laughs> yeah, race. Not, so, And I don't know if anyone will, honestly. So, I'm not going to. You know, I feel bad for the guy. He had a pretty good season, and Chris was extremely high on him, but he's he's hey, just had his problems, you know? Bright for, I mean, oh, the kid's yeah, got no, all yeah. the potential. I, he'll be fine. It's it's definitely frustrating, though, if you're going to go out in this first round with the uh, season he's had. So, All right, uh, Redick in 14th. How do we feel about Redick's chances? Amos? He's, oh, go oh no, go ahead, Chris. You're you're on it. He's performing about like he has the entire year. Yeah, fair enough. Scrambled his way into the top 16. Yeah. Had a pretty decent race at Richmond. Totally went in the tank at, at, uh, at Richmond, rather. Yeah. Had a pretty decent race at Darlington. Yeah. Had a pretty decent race at Darlington. Totally went in the tank in Richmond. I, I don't, mean, it's Richmond's just it's, not really his place, though, right? Well, like Darlington, but it was doesn't more matter because when you get into the sixteen, you got to basically perform on every track. Well, I don't. There's not that many guys that can do that, though, right? And so that's why we well, have that's why we have some of these guys get cut sooner than yeah, maybe would expect. But like so. I said, if you make the top sixteen, then you're one of the elite of the elite, or you're lucky. Um, anyways, <laughs> Amos, you were saying. You don't like his chances moving forward? No, I didn't pick him to move on past the round of 16. I like Tyler Reddick. I like You're Woodard. the only guy that didn't choose him. How about that, huh? I picked him to go on? No, that didn't choose him to move on. Oh. I didn't choose him to move on, did I? Yeah. I did? Yeah. Wow. I, I love what, you. <laughs> I love what RCR has done this season. I love where Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick have been for most of the season. I feel like... These guys are young enough drivers that the next-gen car is going to suit their style. Childress pairing down to two cars was genius. I think next year they – I would not be at all surprised if they have a great year, banner year next year. I know yeah. that I know that we're still in 2021 and we're not looking on. Austin Dillon's looking on. Tyler Reddick's got to start looking on. And But, hey, they had a great year nonetheless, so – so um, you're you're writing his death note though already? No chance yeah, in Bristol. He's he's buried. He's they threw the last shovel dirt on him two races ago. <laughs> I mean I, I do. I like I mean, Tyler Reddick. He's wore on me as the year's gone on. Yep. Um he's a he's a classy driver. He does well in his interviews. He seems like he'd be a lot of fun to hang out with at the track, outside the track. You can't run fifteenth every track and get past the round of twelve. Yep, well, but, that's true. I mean, right? But they got to start somewhere, and this is the year that started. They RCR has a lot to build on, and I think next year 
there's going to be a lot of expectation placed on Dylan and Rick. Well, ideally, both of both of their cars wanted to be in the playoffs, and you know, I think that the big goal was to get at least one, and they did that. So they're on the right track, at least. It feels like, okay, let's talk about the next three guys kind of in unison. 13th, uh, tied for 13th, 12th, whatever place you want to call it, Kurt Busch and Bowman. And then in 11th, only three points in front of those guys is Eric Camarola. So between those three guys, who will we roll with to be below the line? Or maybe none of them are and someone else even higher is. I don't, but if you had to choose one of those three, what two move on, what one stays down? So remind me again, who did I have in the bottom four? Your bottom four was Michael McDowell, Amarola, Kevin Harvick, and Christopher Bell. Okay, I'm gonna have to re <laughs> I'm gonna have to rethink that a little bit. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> Mine's worse. <laughs> I think the guy that's gonna fall below the cut line after Bristol is gonna be Eric Amarola. Okay, so you're gonna stick with Amarola. Yeah. He's got three points on these guys. You don't think that's enough? I don't think that's anywhere near enough. Because I think Kurt Bush is gonna come out of there with a as a man on a mission. Okay. You know, and unless he gets wrecked out, I see him finishing easily in the top five, if not winning the race. This guy and his Kurt Busch love? Okay. And you think Bowman gets rid of his struggles, or do you think he just outlasts Amarola? I think Because that's kind of what he did this week, right? I think he's going to outlast Amarola. Okay, he's going to outlast him. Uh, Amos, any difference of opinion from you? No difference. I agree with Chris. I think Eric Amarola... This is scary, I must tell you. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's we're not building the space shuttle here, right? I mean, let's, yeah. let's set back and look at this objectively. Kurt Busch, you you laid out the stat. The Bush brothers have 14 wins between them at Bristol. You know, handful of years ago, Kurt Busch dominated Bristol. He, that's yep. just the way it was. Kurt Busch has had some rough luck. I agree with you guys in the fact that he's not folded up shop and is ready to go to 23XI and just start over. He's too competitive. I'm sure he wants to keep going and end at Ganassi the best he can. He's got to feel good about coming into Bristol. He loves this place. It'll do well for him. Um, Alex Bowman, I agree with you guys. He just has to outlast Amarola, and honestly, it's not going to be that hard, I don't think. <laughs> so, Shade I just, is thrown. Well, no, I, I think... I mean, let's be honest. Amarola is lucky to be where... to even be in the yeah. top 16. So, Well, and, it, and the only reason he's in 11th is because Kurt Busch... Well, Kyle Busch wrecked, Kurt Busch wrecked, Alex Bowman wrecked, Reddick's not been consistent enough, Bowman's or Byron's wrecked, McDowell is wrecked and not been consistent. So, <laughs> I mean, what, Amarillo has finished top 20, I guess, in the last two races. Well, no, I think he had a top 10 in, in Darlington, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but still, it's not like he's really, okay, 16th. So, no, I was right. He's finished like around 16th, both races. That's not going to move you on. No. But when other guys around you are wrecking, that's luck, yeah. in my opinion. So, okay, um, is everyone else above them safe? I mean, let's just go through this real quick. Yes or no, safe or not, however you want to say it. And we'll just go through these top guys, and if anyone wants to come back and talk about them, we can. So, yes or no, Kyle Busch, eight-point lead safe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. okay. Uh, Brad Kislaski, 13-point lead safe. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Bell, 17-point lead safe. Mm, that's a question mark. Okay. I agree. I think, you know, he's had a good run of luck. Bristol's a rookie eater. I mean, and I don't care if you are a playoff contender or not. I don't think anybody's going to cut him any slack. So he better be on his game. Chase Elliott, 19 plus. 
I think he's got a chance to win, too. Kevin Harvick, 25 safe. Yeah. Chance to win as well. Ryan Blaney, 28 safe. However, if Harvick has a race like Kurt Busch had last week, I can see him dropping below the cut line. We'll see. You're holding on to it, aren't you? I'm not giving up on it, darn it. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then Ryan Blaney safe. I think we all agree with that one. So pretty much anyone above Kyle Busch we feel is safe except for maybe Bell. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, Um, what do you think? I I don't think Kislowski's safe, personally. I mean... Dude, he's And not just because I had him in my bottom four to begin with, but for the fact that it's, it's Brad Kislowski and it's 2021, so... And that guy's going to, I mean, I just envision it now. He's going to be racing along, and he's going to have uh, Blaney and Logano above him, and he's just going <laughs> right into the wall, take both of them out. And <laughs> Blaney probably wow. misses the cut line. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Kislowski yeah. finishes 13th. So, no, Let's I mean. get too crazy here. I, I just, we'll see with Kislowski. I'm, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't had a struggle race yet, to be dead honest. Like, he didn't have a good end of the season. I mean, he didn't really have a great season overall, but he was consistent enough to find himself in the playoffs and got a win, and that helped him out a lot. And uh, then it just seems like he didn't care for the last couple weeks of the regular season. So I think he's in danger. I think Bell will be a little safer, though. So uh, give me your guys' bottom four. We already have them set out for you know old picks. But bottom four, everyone's got Michael McDowell. Everyone's got William Byron. Yeah, okay. I think we can all agree on yeah, that one. I, I I feel bad, but yes. Okay. For um, me, I think Chris is... Who has... I don't want to give up on the guy. <laughs> who has Reddick? Yeah, Reddick's out. Reddick's out. Everybody? Okay. Uh, so give me your last guy to miss. Chris. Amarola. Amarola? Amarola. I'll stick with Kislowski, but, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, it could be easily be Amarola. I, I wouldn't... Be at all surprised. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe Reddick could jump Kislowski or – not jump Kislowski, but Kislowski could fall. So, we'll see. So, yeah. what package are they bringing to Bristol? And the reason I ask that is because – Well, we I, didn't see it on the on the asphalt, right, last time. No, but it doesn't matter because oh. if they're bringing the low horsepower high down for oh, us, I oh. think that's going to put a whole different – complexion on the race oh, yeah. where do I find that? than I if they do the high horsepower low down force because I think there's some drivers that are going to be able to adapt to that much more readily than others. What do you like, want to see? What do you want to see? I'd like to see the high horsepower low down force because I think Harvey could do well under that circumstance. What's more probable that they bring? I'm going to wait for Amos to find out. All right. Well, don't wait. Don't wait, he says. Uh, there is can't a place you can remember. find that on J-Ski. Yeah, I can't remember where it's at. We do love J-Ski. Not sponsored, but advise you to check out J-Ski. Good website. Uh, does anyone else want to say anything about the standings? Chris? No. I mean, we covered pretty much everything, uh, honestly, so. with the standings. So we know we know who's in danger. We feel like we know who might be in danger. And, uh, yeah, I think there's not much else to talk about. Amos, anything else to say about the standings? No. I mean, I'm a little surprised how some of it's kind of shaken out, but, uh, you know, and we've talked some about of that, the right? guys where they've ended up. But Okay. All right, you found the rules package. What do we I got? I believe so. All right. Bristol, 750, no aer- aero ducks. So they're bringing the 750 horsepower. So high horsepower, low downforce? Yeah. Is that, is that what that means? Yep. Okay, so that plays into Kevin Harvick's favor, you think, huh, Chris? I think Harvick, Kurt Busch, 
Brad Keselowski. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Uh, Keep it straight. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, name them. I Guys mean, that are typically strong at this track, though, yeah, right? They're going to be. Yeah, so the strong. 750 horsepower is used at pretty much every track that's around a mile or or shorter and all the road tr- courses. Okay, so it'll be interesting then. Chris, you're in for a good race. I you? Okay, good. Except I'm not going to be able to see it. Yeah, well. Unless I bow out. And unless he not, ditches me again. Unless we'll I see. ditch him again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Saturday night race. What's up with this? Like, I got college football games to be at, and then NASCAR's like, you know what? Let's put these races on Saturday. Saturday Bristol fall race is always Saturday night. Why aren't they like Richmond you fall know, maybe, races? Maybe, what you, maybe what you should contemplate doing is selling your tickets now. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, not gonna happen. <laughs> nope, that's not happening. No, I think the BYU race will be better. <laughs> the BYU race or the BYU game. <laughs> The BYU race. <laughs> now, Bristol's always interesting at night because everyone wrecks everybody oh, yeah, at that race. Because you want to win the Bristol night race. Oh, so and you know I, it's even yeah, better. Just, this race is a cut race, so you know everybody's too bad the out NRA for blood. Is not per, too oh. bad the NRA's not sponsoring it this year. They are. I had to really get the Democrats no, wound up. Oh, no, they are. It, it is. Oh, they yeah. are? Oh, well, yeah. yes. That's good. It's <laughs> the I'm bass, sorry, Ty. I can't go the Saturday bass night. Pro shop, <laughs> bass Pro Shops NRA night race. Night race, yeah. Oh. At Bristol Very Motor cool. Speedway. Well, okay. We're rambling on too much. Let's take a break and focus back up. Uh, we'll make our picks for Bristol. We already said who we think will be in the bottom four, but we'll go back over our initial bottom four picks because <laughs> some of them aren't shaping up too good for us. And uh, then we'll talk about The Clash moving to Los Angeles, which uh, I think you guys already know how we feel about that. So we'll be right back. Break. All right, welcome back. About to talk about this Bristol race. Uh, I think there's lots of memorable moments from Bristol. I think we could all probably... Say something memorable from Bristol. Uh, most of them probably involving wrecks uh, or people wrecking each other. So we'll get to that race. Uh, but first, if you want to leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the podcast, and tell your friends, we'd appreciate it. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we got some good listeners out there that like to help us out. Unless your name is Chris and you give us four stars for some reason. I still don't know how I because, did that. Because that's just the honest truth, he said. <laughs> well, I just give... I, I just give shows what I really think. I never give out five stars. <laughs> it's got to be I really never, good. I don't do five stars. Not even for something he uh, stars in himself. Nope. <laughs> All right, so we didn't go over our picks from Richmond, so let's go over our picks and then make our picks for Bristol. Uh, I was victorious with Martin Truex Jr. in first. Uh, Chris, you were in second place with your pick of uh, Kyle Larson in sixth. And then, Amos, you went with Alex Bowman. You thought he could repeat. Didn't work out for you though. He finished twelfth. Yeah, no, I'm. Not, I suck at long shots. Oh, okay. Uh, bottom four guys that find themselves in the bottom four that we picked to begin with. Everyone gets a point for Michael McDowell. Um, Chris, you don't get any points for Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, or Christopher Bell. Uh, I don't get any points for Eric Amarola, Christopher Bell, or Brad Keselowski. And Chris, uh, Amos, you don't get any points for Amarola or Bell, but you get a point for Reddick. So. Yeah. That now puts Amos with four points, me with three, and Chris with three. Uh, so by default, Chris, you'll pick first this week. 
but we're tied. You should pick first. Well, right? I won the race last week, so you'll pick this week first. Oh, okay. So, so what am I picking? Winner? We're going to pick the winner here in a minute. Winner, so, winner, ho- chicken hold dinner. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Um, when it comes to this race, though, guys, what is something memorable that we think of for Bristol? Let's start with Amos. What do you go with? Well, there's a lot to choose from. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my all-time favorite, it's an Xfinity race, actually. Way back in the early thousands, Kevin Harvick was still running, running for a championship. Greg Biffle was running, running for a championship. And Biffle just flat-ass run over Harvick. Harvick sat on his pit box for the entire rest of the race, and just you could just see the steam pouring. <laughs> okay, the race ends. They go to find Harvick on his pit box. He's gone. Okay, next thing you know, they pan over. He is flying over the car. Choke holds Greg Biffle, <laughs> slamming him down on the hood, and is just getting ready to start waylaying, dude. And they the crew step in and stop him. But man, it was it was that was that was the best, dude. Harvick, it would have been bad. I feel bad for Biffle because he caught him out of nowhere, and there wouldn't have been much left of Biffle. What do you go with, Chris? I don't know that it's my most memorable, but it's my consistently remembered one, and that okay. is how Dale Earnhardt drove Bristol. Oh, just in general? Yeah. 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 Get out if of the you, way. If you got in the front of him, that's where he got his name, the Intimidator. Because he, he, if you didn't move over, he'd spin you out. And he wasn't think. above it. And he held no no guilt feelings about it. Did you spin him out? Absolutely. Oh, was it Told Mark? Mar- I'm trying to think about like, was it Mark Martin? Terry Labonte. Terry Labonte, right? That yep. he spun out on that one race, and yep. the whole Last crowd lap. was booing him. Yep. And it's like, wow, uh, that's like, <laughs> that's Dale Earnhardt, and, and the he crowd's won the like, race, though. Do you think he cares? Yeah, he no, he won the race, and, and he, he didn't care. He said as much, right? He, well, I won the race. <laughs> uh, so it's a more recent one for me, but I always think about Chase Elliott and Joey Logano taking each other out. They're both in the lead of this race. <laughs> I don't I remember, remember if that it was too. 2019, 2020, something like that. They're both up front. They're perfectly fine. Like they could have finished one, two. It's coming down the last couple of laps, and Elliot just is like, uh, takes them both out. Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah, me and Amos go back and forth on this one because my favorite driver is Logano, and I always see Elliot did that wrong, and he likes Elliot, and he thinks Logano did that wrong. But, but so at I the think end about of the that day, one a lot. Kyle Bush won. Tony Stewart threw a helmet at this race too back in oh, the yeah. day. Oh yeah, yeah. He he ran up the banking and chucked yeah. it. Yeah, I can't remember who that chucked was. That. Wood button threw a helmet. <laughs> yeah, Ward button. Somebody threw gloves. One. Oh dude, Bristol's it, uh, great. Gloves. Wasn't that Brian Vickers? Did he throw the gloves? Yeah, I think he threw oh, the gloves. Man. Somebody Helmets. threw the heat shields off. Oh their no, shoes. might have been Casey Chain. Casey Kane. Casey Kane. That's a good one. Uh, I think last year. There was a fight in the truck series or something at Bristol. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's always crazy stuff happening at yeah. Bristol. All I really want to see is someone throw something at somebody. Like, that's my all-time favorite, when they, like, take off their helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Yeah, there's a thousand bucks flying through the air. Like, I thought we were going to, at Martinsville, when uh, <laughs> Daniel Suarez caught on fire. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And everyone, all the safety crews, like, pass him over and his car's on fire. I thought he was going to throw the helmet, like, at a safety crew member because <laughs> he was so pissed. Hey, he's I'm like, on fire here. He's like, my car was on fire, and they're not doing anything. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Uh, but that's like the closest we've gotten. So, uh, but no, I think, I think we get to see something funny again because 
I mean, it is it isn't well, funny when guys fight, but it's actually something. hilarious because we won't get to see something funny. Oh, I well, we highlights, may, man. That's all I won't be in that ass. Hilarious. Party. So, if we had to make a prediction, who gets in a fight this week? My default answer is always going to be Kyle Bush and someone else. Uh, but what do you think, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we'll go with that. Yeah, you'll go with that one. <laughs> Kyle Kis- Bush and himself. Brad Kislowski will be on the fist and of somebody. <laughs> okay. He's there gonna, we go. He'll piss somebody off. There I know we go. He will. That's a pretty good prediction. Um, no, I think I, the more we think about uh, the more we talk about this with Kyle Bush, I'm going to say Kyle Bush and whoever report uh, is a reporter asking him questions. Yeah. <laughs> Get that mic out of my face. Ah. I don't want to talk. Uh, about I'm this. not a big Kyle Bush fan. It's over. We are wrecked. You can't race that. I love his post race interviews when he has, even when he finishes third. Well, our car was junk. <laughs> what are you talking about? You well, it's like third. when he got, he, that this is what got him canned at, Kansas, at Hendrick Motorsports. He drove that number five car at Kansas. And I mean, he blew everybody away. It yep. was a dominating win. He gets out and he says, "This car is absolute trash." Oh, he's always so. And Rick Hendrick like fired him. Yeah, he fired like him. That. He just said, "No, you're out of here." <laughs> Winning car, it's trash, man. I wonder what a good car he would have done with a good car. He would have like raced everybody off the entire track. And, like, I don't know. Oh. Lapped everybody three, t- thirteen times for all we know. Been <laughs> in Kyle Petty back in the day or something. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's get down to the real business, though. Who is going to be the race winner? Uh, we already have our cut guys picked out. We'll review those as we go. Uh, but, Chris, you get the first pick. Who wins at Bristol this weekend? I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. You're rolling the dice. The big I'm dice. I'm rolling the dice. You got, like, the fuzzy dice yep. on the car. Yep. Them. You're rolling them. I'm rolling them. Kurt what Bush. color are your fuzzy dice, though? They're red oh. with white dots. Red with white dots. I feel like you probably had some fuzzy dice back in the day, huh? No, I never did. Really? Nope. That was like so easy, so specific though. He's like red. All right. Obviously, he wanted some red fuzzy dice. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Busch secures the win, huh? Kurt Busch to win. On. Do you think he needs a win though? Absolutely. You gotta think he needs it. the win? He's got to have it. Okay. So I think he can get in without winning. Oh yeah, it's me. I was I was about to ask Amos who you going. <laughs> no, it's me. Uh, okay, so this one's tough because I want to go with like because you're trying to stall here. Well, I want to go with like three different names. So Just it's hard one. to pick one. Flip a coin. Uh, well, you flip can't flip again. a coin with three people. Flip it again. Flip it a coin and flip it again. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna not like this pick, but I'm gonna go Kyle Bush. So we talked about the Bush brothers having lots of wins at Bristol. I know Amos, you were like, oh, I think he's gonna slide now because he's falling into what he was doing earlier in the season. But I'm not concerned about Kyle Bush. I still think, you know, he just had a bad first race. He's fine. I still think he's a top four contender moving forward. You're up, Amos. What do you okay. got? My pick is Joey Logano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think dirt race. You think race, he's got it figured out even though it was dirt race? He has yeah, it figured out has, at he, this track yeah, anyways. he's a yeah. good he, – Bristol's been a good track for him mm-hmm. no matter what. So I think I've – I don't know how many times I have to talk Ty off the ledge about Joey Logano, what? but he is, <laughs> he is, he, the dude just races his own race. He just does his own thing. He's under the radar. Nobody talks about him one way or another. He does ruffle feathers. I think he's matured a little bit. Mackenzie. But, well, yeah, but he's, you know, he's moved past that. Yeah. I think. We'll see. But yeah, I think Joey Logano has just kind of, 
He's been in the mix. He's had a little bit of bad luck. Some of it he's doing, some of it not. Couple good races. I look for Joey Logano to have a win and move on to the next round. Okay, gain so, some confidence. So none of us picked Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, or Kevin Harvick. Does anyone think those are strong contenders, though? All three of them? Maybe just run, one run or down two? that list again. Uh, Kevin Harvick, Martin no. Truex Jr. Yes. And Chase Elliott. Yes. Okay, no, but not Kevin Harvick, huh? No. Hmm, interesting. I, I still think it comes back to data points with the Stuart Haas cars. Well, we haven't raced on the asphalt yet, right? So maybe they struggle again. Excellent. Amos, you were a little more yes with those Yeah, answers? I think okay. solid top 10 finishes by all them guys. I, solid. I mean, if any of the three, I don't think Truex will win. You won't knock me over with a feather yeah. if he does. Chase Elliott, I mean, I would hope, he, I mean, I want him to win every week. Yep. Right. So. But I think he just needs to look at this race, and if he's got a fifth place car, race that fifth place car. Don't do, don't, you know, be solid on pit road. Good finish. Move on into the next round. He's got some good races coming up. Better tracks for him coming up. So, and then I mean Kevin Harvick. We talked about it all season long. I think it's just a matter of time. I I really think he's gonna get a win, but this might not be the track. Okay, but top ten finish anyway. Does anyone else want to say anything about the race itself? If this is the if you're gonna pick a race to watch and this is the only one you watch, this is the one to watch. This is yeah. a good Bristol night race, cut race. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Tempers are gonna flare. It's gonna be a good race. Do you think there's any chance it's not dramatic or No. You think it will be NASCAR will figure something out. They're, oh okay. they're gonna they'll be built in drama. Uh, Chris. Bob's going to go crazy at this track. Heck yeah. They're going to have like four or five <laughs> planted tire bombs. <laughs> all, you know, all just theories by us. No, no real thing like that. You don't want to be in last. Uh, Chris, what, anything else for the race specifically? I actually think that Bristol is going to be kind of the setup for the final 12 throughout the season. In other words, those that finish in the bottom 12 the bottom of the 12. So you're going to have the four eliminated, and then you're going to have the next four. Whoever finishes, what, uh, eighth or ninth? Ninth to twelfth, yeah. Ninth through twelfth will be the people that get eliminated in the next round. So you think we'll know the top eight after yes, this I race? Yes, Oh, wow. It's a bold prediction with three races mm -hmm. left to go. Well, the next three, the next, like the round of 12, it's really kind of a, the tracks coming up are good tracks, but... They're not Bristol night race. They're not short tracks. They're just kind of blah, in my well, opinion. Talladega's in yeah. there, right? Talladega's wild card. Vegas seems like you'll kind of have a good idea of who will win that. And the Roval, screw that race. But, yeah, it'll be that won't well, be interesting. Yeah, I mean, let's so. just look at it. The Roval, you got a handful of guys that are going to win that race, honestly. Yeah. Like no, it's true. Five guys, maybe. Um, I'll Vegas. Go four, personally. Sure. Okay. Vegas, you know, we know. We know what Vegas is. Yeah. It's not a bad track. It'll still be a good race. And then Talladega, it's just, it's Talladega. So, it's yeah, I mean, I agree with Chris. I, I Random. I mean, I'm not on his bandwagon. I'm probably chasing it a little bit. I don't think the top eight are the top eight four, but I think you got a pretty good idea. So you think if Kyle Busch finds himself in that eight range, he'll stay down there? What do you mean? The next three tracks coming up do not favor Kyle Busch. 
I mean, mm. he's, I don't, has he ever won at Las Vegas? Yeah, he's yeah, won he's, at Vegas, yeah. but he traditionally does not run well. Yeah. So, and, and, Talad- so, and Talladega and the road court, I, I just don't see those three races. So you're saying if he finishes around eighth place, then that's just kind of where he finishes in the track, in the standings type? Yeah. You, like if he's around that cut line the next time around, you guys think he'll just kind of stay under? He might. Yeah, he's close. I mean, one I, win at Vegas. If, if he can get into the round of eight, you know, you got Texas, Kansas, and Martinville, which are all pretty good tracks for him. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So interesting. All right. Um, you know, I, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. So this will be the last thing we do before we get out of here. Or, well, actually, before we talk about the, the clash. Um, what will be the headline Monday morning or Sunday morning? I don't care. Monday morning, what's the headline on NASCAR.com? Write the headline today, Chris. Kyle Bush <laughs> does X, Y, and Z and will be penalized by NASCAR. <laughs> Catapulted off the <laughs> the hanging tree by NASCAR fans. <laughs> okay, uh, wow, that's a very harsh uh, headline for you. Well, I just looking at what happened after Darlington, and I'm like, and I know Bristol's going to be crazy. So, yeah, I might have to DVR the Bristol race and then sit down Sunday morning at when I get up and, and watch, watch it, it, like not yeah. look at the results. Yeah. yeah okay. So uh, you think something a little crazy, essentially, with Kyle Busch, huh? Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> well, I hope not, because I picked him to win. So. <laughs> well, he could still win yeah. and be all kinds of controversial. I oh. mean, who knows? He could. Oh, we spin somebody yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, there you go. There we go. All right. Well, as long as it's not Spins out Donald, four people. Okay. He just put every one of them out and passed for the win. <laughs> In the last couple of laps. Um, all right. I'm going to say the headline is, uh, three different winners, all from JGR. They're looking good in the playoffs. Something along those lines. Uh, Amos, what's your headline for Sunday, Monday, whenever? Uh, tampers flare, but experience prevails. Oh, wow, okay. Because so. you picked Logano, okay. Well, yeah, pretty but I mean... solid headline. You know, I just, I just feel like these experienced guys, the guys in the playoffs, they're just not going to cut these outside the chase... Newer drivers, they're just not yep. going to cut them any slack. You can't. You, the time for patience is kind of wearing. Yep. And if you are on the cut and you're Anthony Alfredo, you better be given some room, buddy. Because if not, you're in the wall. Yeah, watch and out. Man. So, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a typical Bristol night race. Somebody's going to leave with their feelings hurt, crying in their purse on the way out to the holler. And there's only going to be one happy person, and that's whoever's holding the ch- trophy in victory lane. Personally, I feel Amos has wrote the best headline, so you might do the better headlines from ooh, now on. Because Chris's headline was like catapulting <laughs> Kyle Bush from the fan tree or something. I don't know what that was. Hanging tree. <laughs> the hanging tree. Wow. Hanging tree. <laughs> and it's very descriptive uh, from Chris. Okay, let's talk about the clash, then we'll get out of here. I mean, what do we make of this, guys? It's uh, We talked a little bit about it on last week's show, so you guys might have a feel for what we think already. Um, but essentially, man, the Clash is going to move from Daytona, uh, where it normally is for Speed Week and stuff, and they're going to put it in the Los Angeles Coliseum in Los Angeles, California. I, I mean, what is NASCAR thinking they're going to accomplish with this move? Why do it in the first place? Is anyone interested in it? Do you think it'll be successful? You know, like, I have all these questions, and not a lot of the questions I have 
uh, come out with positive answers. Um, so, you know, let's kind of get your general thoughts, Chris. I don't know why they announced it. Like, what if you think of the Clash going to Los Angeles? Because apparently it was a done deal. Yeah, they were going to do it. I saw a lot of people on social media when they were like, oh, what do you think about the Clash moving to L.A.? People are like, no. Then they announced it, and everyone's like, didn't you listen to us? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I saw like very few positive I, things I about got, this. <sighs> okay, so the track that I liken it to... And it's a shorter track, but it's Bowman Gray Stadium. And I don't know if you've ever watched any of the modified <laughs> races at Bowman Gray. Where's that at? Bowman Gray is in South Carolina. It's a college stadium, you know, that they play football on. Actually, it started out playing high school football on it. Yeah. And it's got a little, I think it's a quarter-mile track, maybe, maybe even shorter than that. And it's around the outside of the football field. And anyway, they run the modifieds on it. There's very little passing, a lot of spinning out, you know, putting the bumper to people. So is this going to be a dirt track in the Coliseum? No, is it no gonna it's going to be a pa- like The article I read said it's going to be a paved track with two to six degrees banking, which that's, in all intents and purposes, yeah. flat. Where are you going to put the pit road? Inside. How are you going to pit Inside. Well, you know, like, so... Are you going to pit? You know what the Coliseum is. It's going to be like is. the Chili Bowl where you don't pit or something? Like, no, you know what this? the Coliseum is, right? Yeah. Yes, we know what the Coliseum well, is. Well, no, where but the, the, the LA, Raider, LA Raiders used to play there. They had the Olympic opening ceremony. They had the Olympic opening ceremony. The Raiders. He's so, going way too far back for the Raiders playing there. Like... <laughs> No, they did. <laughs> no, wait, okay, that's not what we're talking about. Like, yes, we know what the Coliseum is. You might uh, have well, to the use point a is, more is there, recent. Um, they they can set the up Trojans a, play there. Yeah, they you can set do. up a pit road sort of like Bristol. Yeah, they're gonna I have just, to. Okay, front personally, where you, where you go in on turn like one and come out on turn four or whatever. Yeah. It's just it's just weird though. Like, okay, so your general feelings though, Chris, is it's. My general feelings is, is it's a stupid idea, but... I'm very critical. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think we disagree. So, uh, Amos, general feelings. My general feeling is that NASCAR is not going to get out of this race what they are hoping they will get out of this race. Which is? There's just not a lot of interest in NASCAR on the West Coast. Now, they claim otherwise, so, but I... Sure, dude, I will you know what? believe it when I see a 70,000-seat stadium full of people. When I come out with a bonehead idea like this, and everybody knows that it's not the best idea, but I think it is, I will defend it to the dying day. I will say, oh, yeah, we got a great following, and blah, but, blah, 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 blah. There may be 70,000 fans west of the Mississippi. For NASCAR, that's a sure. lot of area to cover. Yeah, but let's be honest. Where are a majority of your races? It's in the South. Yeah, and the East. you know, a majority of people believe that NASCAR stands for non-athletic sport centered around rednecks, right? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> nobody thinks that it is a actual sport. How hard is it to get in a car and turn left? Blah blah blah. So I just don't. I just don't think NASCAR. I know what they're going for. I know that they think it's a good idea. They're going for the historical value of the L.A. Coliseum, blah, blah, blah. But it's blah. not a racetrack. It's a football stadium. I agree. It's an Olympic venue. It's not I, a racetrack. Well, look. I agree. I don't understand the, just, this idea. The fans in Los Angeles show up late to Dodgers games, leave in the seventh inning. <laughs> they show up late. What, that's, I mean, they couldn't make a football team work in Los Angeles for hell. Well, now they got two, right? Do I don't know. That, do they? That they do have two now. Sick though. Yeah, it have is you? sick. Holy yeah. cow! SoFi Stadium awesome. is pretty cool. 
It's funny you talk about Los Angeles fans because they got two basketball teams and no one cares about one team in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, like, I, Clippers, where yeah, do they right. play at? So, well, that's the same for baseball. One they like one team, they don't like the other. Right. I mean, so or care well, that's about what other, we're so. getting at, right? Is like the fan base there. It's flaky to begin with, and then you're going to try and get them to go I, to NASCAR. Look, I can see them filling the stadiums for a one-time event. Seriously, I can you see them selling them it out. Filling a seventy thousand plus I seat can. stadium. But no. I'll bet everybody, I'll bet majority of them come late and a majority of them leave early. So this is my biggest, it's like going to BYU game. Uh, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is my biggest thing with this whole idea is it's going to look bad on TV. Yes. Because you're going to have that huge stadium and there's going to be like 20,000. It's going to look like a UCLA football game at the Rose Bowl when there's this huge 100,000 plus seat stadium at the Rose Bowl and there's like 20,000 people there and it looks like nobody's there. It looks like no one gives a crap about UCLA football. Like, we all love NASCAR at this table. We're all probably going to watch it and see how it turns out. And maybe it's great. Maybe it works. Heck, we might even get but, tickets and go to it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Okay. But as far as the <laughs> aesthetic look goes, it's going to look like crap. Because it's just going to be this huge stadium with no one in it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there'll be a bunch of people there. Maybe they'll sell out this thing and it'll become a yearly thing. Uh, but that's the biggest problem I have. But with see, it I don't personally. think it's going to be a yearly thing. No, no. I think they're going to move this thing around. And, and that... That's the other thing that just drives me to drink. <laughs> you know, well, you're drinking now. Seriously. <laughs> Diet but, Pepsi, anyway. Diet Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. But think about it, guys. They're all the time. I mean, NASCAR has pounded on. We're trying to save these teams money. No, yeah. This is why we're going to the new car, because we're trying to save these teams money. And what do they got them doing? Two weeks before the Daytona 500, arguably our Super Bowl. Yep. They got them gallivanting around in California at some temporary paved track. and I'd also like to point out the fact that this clash thing will be taking place while the Olympics is going on, for one thing, uh, the Winter Olympics. And the Super Bowl is what, like the week after or Does something? Does anybody care about the Winter Olympics? Well, all I'm saying is you're going to have competitive TV. They took two weeks off for the Olympics this year. Yeah, yeah, people yeah but that's because that's because we weren't. That's because it was NBC. Doesn't matter. Okay, but that's it's what not because NASCAR wanted to take the two weeks off. It's because <laughs> NBC said, "Yeah, you can go ahead and have your races, but we ain't going to cover them." All I'm saying is there's there's going to be other stuff going uh, happening around this same time that a larger majority of people will be interested in, like worldwide, really. And then you're like, oh, let's move this to Los Angeles. And we were just talking about this, right? The whole saving people money thing. Amos brought it up earlier in the show. The next-gen car is going to save people money. But in order to like spend more money still, we're going to fly you out to Los Angeles and make you drive cross-country, literally from Charlotte to Los Angeles. That's like across the entire country. So do you think? does anybody think that this will work out the way NASCAR wants it to? No. I've already said it's not going to. Okay. They they have an idea of what they want, but it, what they want is not going to be what they get. Chris? I No, it's not going to be a positive. Are we all so against it that we don't even want to see it? Like, does, oh, I mean, I'll personally, okay, I know I'll watch it, but I really don't even want to see it. Like, I don't care to see this. I'll watch it because, you know, I'm into train wrecks and car crashes. <laughs> it might be a train wreck, that's for sure. So you're going to get you're gonna get 40 cars on a half-mile track. Well, but no, they, it gets broke up because the oh, yeah, format of the clash. Right. Okay, so. yeah, fair but, enough. But it'll be like Bristol because Bristol's only a half-mile. 
but it's not that much banking, right? Yeah, it's going to be a very. It'll it's, be a. Fl- it's going to for all intents and purposes, it'll be a flat track. I just don't see. I guess I just don't get it, and maybe some smarty pants at NASCAR would love to explain it to us. But NASCAR hooks up. <sighs> yeah, give us an interview. Uh, I'd I love just, to hear. I what mean, you guys think. I know exactly what NASCAR is going for, but it's what just are they going not, for? They are just trying to expand the sport, Look. getting into a demographic that is. Not normally NASCAR. They're bringing it to their doorstep. They're putting it in a world famous place. I, I blah blah blah. I get it. I know. I understand your frustration with it, Ty. But like I said, that does. And I hope it works out. I hope NASCAR. I I really do. I don't. I'm not saying that I want it to fail, but it's just not the way that NASCAR should approach trying to expand the sport on the West Coast. Well, I mean, you want to put like you want to do this right, and then they're talking about doing the. The street race through the streets of Chicago, and well, they like that would be actually to, pretty interesting. I can just imagine them dodging the gunfire. Um, you're they're trying to get into markets that just aren't, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, suitable for what well, look, the target market is. Let's analyze what NASCAR's done over the years. Yeah, they had their final banquet and everything in New York City for how many freaking years? years? Way too long, you know. And New York had zero interest in the NASCARs to the point where they had the NASCAR parade through the streets of New York, and all it did was piss everybody off because they had these noisy cars going down the streets of New York blocking traffic. Yeah. You know? But what they're doing is Los Angeles is what? The second biggest media market in the country next to New York? Uh, Top five for sure. Okay. So they're just trying to hit all the big media markets, you know, Miami, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, I don't know, Houston. I don't know. But think about the most Atlanta. successful, the, what are the most successful races when it comes to, to the sport? You know, Daytona, that's that's so far away from Miami. Tracks. Charlotte, is that really a big market? Not necessarily. Well, it's, this is, it's just you where know, NASCAR this, center's at. This race that we're going to this weekend in Bristol. It's not really near any huge market. Like, there's all these, my point is, there's all these popular races that aren't that close to big markets, and they do great. People love the great races. Well, and Bristol's, what, an 80-plus thousand-seat stadium, and... They don't fill that one up. Well, they used to. Well... <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I mean when's it used the last to be time to... you saw a full-on packed stadium for NASCAR, you know? It used to be at Bristol that you had to hand your tickets down generation to generation to even get seats in the place. So you know what's funny? Okay, so this is this is like the last thing I'll bring up because um, I think we've all decided this is not a great idea. They've played football games at the Bristol racetrack, right? Like yeah. college football games at that track. That place fills up. That place sells out. You know why? Because that's, that's new, that's different, and that's fresh. People are into that. It's a huge stadium and a, an interesting concept. I'm going to play a football game inside of a NASCAR track or just a racetrack in general. People show up to that. I don't think it reciprocates the other way around. Like, oh, I'm going to put a racetrack inside of a football stadium and on a football field. Well, and and you're going to have a bunch of people be like, oh, that's great. Let's I mean, this just popped. No, I just, come on, no. This just popped into my mind, but essentially what NASCAR is trying to do is become the 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 Roman chariot races of, of, of Rome. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, let's go into these huge coliseums, and we're going to put on a race, and it's that's like... Funny. Amos is falling asleep over here, like he's just well, bored with the whole conversation. But it is—it's—it's it's a boring conversation. But just, you got to yeah. have it. So I hope NASCAR 
I hope they get out of it what they want, but no, I don't think they do. I just don't think they do. I well, think there's other ways. You know, if they want to race in California, bring back some of the tracks that they used to race at in California. Bring, yeah. Well, they can't bring back Riverside, but Riverside. Yeah. You know, it's a, that was a road course. That's true. That you was have, their opening race for many, many years before you have, Daytona. You have the nice road course in Long Beach, right? Yeah. Well, that's a street course, but yeah. Street course. Right. Kind of same thing. Uh, well, but when we were talking about putting a street race in Chicago, you brought up the fact they did that street race in Long Beach. You know, you want to have a street race somewhere. Makes more sense to do it there than Chicago. Um, and as Chris pointed out, it might be safer. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Amos summed it up pretty well, though, earlier on. He said, we don't want this to fail. We just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. in the long run, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, neither none of us sitting at this table has all of the metrics that yeah. NASCAR's looking at to determine if this is a good idea or not. Sure. But I sure have a hard time believing they got the metrics well, for this just, idea. I don't need. I don't feel like I need metrics to kind of know what I'm potentially going to see. But you know? then, <laughs> having said all that, who would have thought that we would have had what six road course races this season? Seven. seven. The Daytona one, right? Is that seven? Yeah. Okay, seven. Anyways, who a would lot. have thought? Who would have thought that we could slather dirt onto the Bristol Motor Speedway and have everybody go nuts? Mm, it was okay. I loved it. I know you really loved it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I mean, it was okay. Uh, what other I could take it or leave it? What other thing did we do this year that was just something that was so out of the norm for um, NASCAR They changed fans? the. I mean, well, I guess. Oh, we raced it. backwards at Indianapolis on the road course. <laughs> the Fourth of July was in Wisconsin. Was in Wisconsin. You know. So I don't know. Maybe these are a bunch of forward-thinking guys that understand markets and everything a lot better than we do. And sure, let's hope so. No, and I'm totally hope I totally hope that I'm completely wrong. And when that thing comes around, the clash, and there's eighty thousand people in that stadium, and it's packed, and people love it. I don't know how the racing will be because <laughs> of what the dimensions well, of the track will be, but I hope that the stadium is full. Like above anything else, that's what I'm worried about the most is people will see this on Fox or whatever they watched on. No one will be there, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, this is what NASCAR is like. They don't got no fans." Because type in NASCAR on Google. You know, it's one of the first things that comes up next to NASCAR. Is dying. Is NASCAR still a sport? Is it dead? Like, people don't even think NASCAR is still Google. a thing. Well, I'm just saying. That's Google. That's that's Google searches. Yeah, that's what people search for. People use Google. So <laughs> well, people in California use Google. All right, let's wrap it up. Chris, finish your thoughts out, and then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. Well, I just remember back in the day when they had a Supercross race at the Coliseum. Yeah. And they actually had one end of the Coliseum. I think it was where the clocks were or whatever on the end. But anyway, they actually had part of the Supercross track go up the Coliseum, go out of the Coliseum, and come back around and come down that. Oh, where they light the, yeah, the cauldron. Yeah. Yeah, and they were dropping down. And, I mean, it was fantastic to watch. Yeah. But the crowd was not that And I think they did, like, uh, big air jumping competitions in there too, right? Yeah. With that setup, I think they've even had raw, uh, the little rally cars. What do they call them? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, the rally racer cars? Yeah. Like the little Subies? The, and stuff? the Red Bull series. That's what I'm mm. thinking of. Mm. I think they've even had the Red Bull series in there. Yeah, but did it pack up? Like, that's, I, I don't that's know. What maybe, I come back to. Maybe it know? would be great if they put a jump in the middle of the back Does, stretch or something. <laughs> I don't know. Does the money to put this thing on, does it 
like when you put it on a scale, money that you bring in, money to put it on, which way's higher? You know, does it cost more to put this thing on, or are you going to make a lot of money from it? Because if you make a bunch of money from it, I don't care. Like at the end of the day, that's the real goal. Well, uh, I don't think they make the money. If for they it, get though, a so. sweet TV contract to show this race, and I don't know if they've got that yet in place, yeah. but if they do, I could see Fox spending. Isn't, is the clash usually on FS1 though? Yeah. I mean, is Fox going to put it on Fox? Is it going to put it on oh, Big I, Fox? I think they will. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of questions. We'll get some more answers as we go through and it gets closer and we'll talk about it next year and see what it brings. But uh, I don't know if none of us are too confident on this whole deal. So, all right. Anything else to say, Chris, before we get out of here? What time is the race on Saturday? Five, uh, let's see, 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain. It's on NBC Sports Network. That's right. We have a cut race, first cut race of the year on NBC Sports Network. You have to love NBC's coverage. I just, it's Bristol Night Race, and they can't even put on it on NBC. Anyways, <laughs> nonetheless, it's still going to be a great. No, race. it is going to be a, a great. Race. They haven't put any of the damn chase races on TV yet, have no, they? No, that's what I'm saying. Not I on, mean on network. TV. Not on NBC. No, they all, They've been putting what them all the on the sports network. Um, I know it infuriates me, <clears throat> Amos. Like, okay, that's the other thing. You want to grow the sport. You want to get all these people watching it. But every one of your races is on, like, a cable channel or a streaming channel that people have to pay for. Anyways, go ahead, Amos. Your, your, any final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> and some people can't get the technology figured out to even watch the race. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Um, More or less. Okay, you're up. Gonna make a phone call. Uh, yeah, so nonetheless, it's still going to be a great race at Bristol. Yeah. I mean, the weekend... Yeah. It'll be great racing. I'm pretty excited to see how it's going to shake out. Um, cut races are always fun. It's going to be great at Bristol. So, uh, you know, I can't see into the future, but hopefully the clash at the Coliseum works its <laughs> way out. But I am a traditionalist, and I'd just soon see it in Daytona. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, it should be some good racing. Yeah, there. I think we can, uh, if we go to the game, we can probably listen to the race, and then we can probably, like, watch it in the stadium, you know, watch the end of it in the stadium. Uh, we just, like... Chris can be like that little kid at the at the games or whatever that you see has the iPad and you're like here. <laughs> What's this while we play adult games? All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here, guys. Good to have you on the show. Lots to talk about today, I don't but know we got why to go to the I law. come in here every Tuesday uh, night. No, I, with your insults. And stuff. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. By the way, we'll be Amos, back next week. I just like to say you're really rocking the beard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lots of gray seriously, in it, but seriously. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll recap this trace. We'll look forward to the new round of playoffs. We'll talk about who got cut, who's in danger next, and uh, we'll have a winner from I just, the first round. I just think this second round of races is going to turn out being. Yeah. Well, I know you don't like Talladega in the playoffs. so I don't like Talladega in the playoffs. I'm not a big fan of the Roval in the playoffs. Yeah, screw the Roval. I hate that race. All right, uh, we got to get I'm out of here, I'm not a fan man. of the Roval I mean, being the cut race. I just got playoffs. Chris Rambling in here now. So. Yeah, you All do. right, have a good rest of your day, guys. Enjoy the race Saturday night. Remember, it's Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, that's a mental Saturday. note for me. <laughs> uh, peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.